Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 965 of the Juicebox podcast. On today's podcast, I'll be speaking with Anastasia. She has type 1 diabetes, and so does her daughter. They were actually diagnosed pretty close to each other. A lot of today's conversation wraps around looping and other algorithm-based pumps. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you'd like to save 40% off of your entire order, you can do that at CozyEarth.com with the offer code JUICEBOX. You can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order at DrinkAG1.com forward slash JUICEBOX. And, and my friends, check this out. There is an entire group on Facebook, 40,000 people. Type 1s, Type 2s, LADA, everybody. Uh, caregivers, people living with, at Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. On Facebook, it's a private group. You're going to love it. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G7 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Head now to Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox to get started, or to find out more. Today's podcast is also sponsored by Touched by Type 1, and I'm going to be at their next big event coming in September. Check it out at touchedbytype1.org. Hi, Scott. My name is Anastasia. I have type 1 diabetes. Oh, I feel like I'm in a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I have type 1 diabetes, and I have a daughter with type 1 diabetes. She's 19 years old. And she got it at the age of five, and I got it one year later. Oh, so your your <laughs> daughter went first. How how That's old? Right. How old were you when you were diagnosed? Uh, was I like sort of thirty nine, thirty eight, thirty nine? Yeah, we'll definitely it, not a juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it. We'll call it sort of thirty nine. So right, she was five, but how? How long ago was that? Oh, she's 19. I can do it. Hold on right. a second. You can do it. Yeah. Right, 14. Hold on. Let's carry the one. That's eight. Zero. That was eight years ago? No. 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 Hold on. I'm getting it. Bad math. Two, two, it's like 14 2008. years. 14 years. Yeah. I, I didn't finish my equation. My goes into, <laughs> I did my goes into is like 35%. And then I thought, oh, I'll just jump ahead. But okay. So 2008. She's diagnosed the next year, 2009, right. you're diagnosed. You got it. Anyone else in the family? Nope. No. Well, I have nobody with diabetes. I have a son who's 21 mm -hmm. and I have a very nice husband. <laughs> Why is he very nice? <laughs> I just like him a lot. We're recent empty nesters and we're having fun. So I, I'm fond of him. <laughs> oh, 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 I see. You're, the fondness has rekindled. Yes. Ah. Yes. Although I never unkindled, but yeah, that's that's lovely. how it's going. Very nice. <laughs> that's lovely. I have uh, somebody in the neighborhood <clears throat> who uh, who pushed a a lot of kids through life, 
and then like the last one left and and the husband just went with it. It looked like. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that's pretty common. So we dodged that bullet your, thus far. Your story is, your story <laughs> is much nicer. Um, are there, Hey, do me a favor. Um, the microphone that's on the cable, like try to keep it away from hair or like lapels or things like that. Ooh, that's got cool. it. Yeah. That lapels. Like, are you yeah. picturing me in a big 1970s lapel No, suit? I was thinking more of a, <laughs> like a powdered wig and a big fluffy front. And no, it just, it wouldn't touch something that scrapes. That's all. Got it. Got it. Okay. So it's interesting. So there's four of you in the family. You obviously made it a, you know, a fair amount in to your life. Daughter's five. Is there any other autoimmune stuff in your family line? There is not. Hmm. And, but now I have Hashimoto's. Oh, look at you. So, yeah. So that arrived. How long, how Probably. long, how long after the diabetes? Do you know, I limped along with that. I think for a couple of decades, I can remember getting a blood test in my twenties. I don't, I can't even imagine why, but seeing that, I don't know anything about this stuff, but it was like auto or antibodies, thyroid mm-hmm. antibody. And I remember it was like, I'm fully making this up. The range should be between five and 15. And mine was like 380. And I remember asking like, what is this crazy out of range reference? Like, what does this have to do with anything? And they're like, oh, nothing. It's fine. Oh, that yeah. was the- were you in a, an alley behind a Dunkin' Donuts when this happened? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I went through, I had two kids, I've had good medical care. I think, you know, doctors used to look at that, that and probably it was like, there are, I know, entire episodes on this, but like probably that one most generic marker was like, okay enough for them to just say next. Yeah. That's a, in range, it looked to them. Right. Right. In bad range, but in range. Yeah. yeah so I mean, my diagnosis of Hashimoto's, I had to go through like a Chinese medicine person. I was, I couldn't function, but I thought, well, I'm tired and my kid has diabetes and I have diabetes and you can always explain away symptoms. Anastasia, I feel like this is going to be fun. You went to someone for, (laughs) for, for a a Chinese based metal medical idea or an actual Chinese person. Well, she is actually from Romania. She has many degrees in Chinese medicine and sort of acupuncture and all of that stuff. But let's just say I took the naturopathic route to somebody saying to me, hold on, this is what's wrong with you. And then she linked me to a general practitioner who took the right blood tests. But if not for her, I would never, it's not like she's medicating me. I'm on like, you know, generical Synthroid. If not for her, I wonder how long normal doctors would say, yeah, it's fine. Good enough. So you found a Romanian person practicing traditional Chinese medicine, and you got all straight. You got it. Perfect. Makes total sense to me. <laughs> but you think you did that for decades? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. To, to what, I mean, what did it do to you to have it that long and not treat it? I couldn't really say. You know, I'm a person, I don't really look back. I'm like, okay. I'm glad we figured that out moving forward. I just know there were, you know, the symptoms, the tired, the digestive stuff. I just had a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, I guess I'm just made this way that Mm -hmm. I. Was there any odd issues? Anything that stuck with you afterwards? Weight gain that wouldn't go away or anything like that? That particular part of it was never a problem for me. So I think it also contributed probably to them being like, nah, you're fine. You know, I'm sort of, I'm like, 
normal and I've always have been. So that specific one is like the obvious one, but lots of other stuff yeah. that, you know, is just always, as I said, like so easily explained away by other factors in one's life at any stage, you know? Were those things cleared up by the synthroid? Yeah, a lot of them. Like I didn't know I could wake up and feel that I was rested and move through the day. And yeah, they were. Wow. They were. And when they try and wrestle away my synthroid, I fight like the devil because they want to give me generic and I tried to go down that route. And it just doesn't all you know, it's no. so crazy you brought that up. Um Arden is back home from college. She just got home the other day. Uh, but for the last five days that she was there, she's like, that I ran out of Cytomel. So Arden takes Tyrosent, which is just a different brand name than than Synthroid. And she also right. takes Cytomel. So she takes T4, <laughs> T3. And I said, okay, well, um, you know, can I get it sent down there to a, you know, a pharmacy? She's like, I'm so busy with finals and I don't think I'm going to be able to go get it. So can you just, you know, pick it up and have it at home? So she went five days without it, plus a day of transport. Well, mm. and I said, you have no idea. I drove 14 hours. And then at like <laughs> three in the morning, I slept from three to five in a hotel. And that was not easy to find. And then I got up at eight, took a shower, drove three more hours, picked Arden up, or two and a half more hours, picked Arden up, had to, you know, take all of her stuff down to the car and help her clean out her room and everything. Then we just drove straight home. So I think we left at two in the afternoon and then arrived home just a few minutes before 4 a.m. So, so five days plus that trip and Arden hadn't had Cytomel. And as we're riding home, she's like, my wrists are achy and my knees are starting to hurt. And, you know, she even said, like, my stomach seems up. It's like everything started to, like, get away from her for five days of not taking it. So I said, yeah. don't, don't worry, I got it for you. As soon as she got home, four in the morning, I'll tell you, if you want to know what it's like to have an autoimmune disease, four in the morning after that trip, I had driven about 28 hours of like the previous 36. And we got into the house and I was like, hey, here's the pill. Like, take it, you know? And we looked at it and they gave her the generic, took it out of the bag and it was the wrong one. So, no. so I went to the pharmacy the next day and I was like, look, you have to take these back and get her the right one. She goes, well, we won't have them till Monday, which is today. So actually when I'm done talking to you, I'm taking those generic tablets back and swapping them for the brand name because she's taking them because it's, we're hoping it's better than nothing. But the truth is, is that only the, the brand name works for her. So, That's right. Yeah. I think you got two new sponsors for the podcast. Just, in, just I, don't, now. I don't know who makes Cytomil <laughs> and Tyrosin, but they should definitely call. Actually, I could probably sell the silly shit out of that Anastasia. <laughs> exactly. Guys, we need the brand only. Yeah, you guys got to call. <laughs> anyway, so, all right. So that's that. Um, tell me about your, hmm, what do I want to know about first? I guess I want to know how you manage. Do you, are you MDI or are you pumping? Do you have a CGM? Okay. So right now, both my daughter and I are on the Omnipod 5. Okay. Make a note. But in all those years, we boy, have we had a road of different things like all of us. Right. So what did she start with, I guess? So when she was five, I think they shoved the mini med on her. Mm-hmm. And I, I think pretty much everyone in the practice had that. And we really had to fight like the Dickens for the first Omnipod, mm-hmm. which she probably got maybe two years later. Okay. So she went from mini bed to Omnipod and then from Omnipod to, did she go to Dash or right to five? We went to looping. Oh, okay. In okay. between. All right. Right. 
so then you looped and then you did Omnipod 5. And that's you that's your daughter's path. What about you? So I was diagnosed through trial net. So at the endocrinology practice, right after her diagnosis, they asked us on our first meeting, like, could you give blood for this thing for science? We're like, yeah, of course. My son and husband got a letter. I got a phone call. I, they said, you have two out of four markers. This is a long time ago. This yeah. is 2008. At the time, they said to me, so you have a 50% chance of getting type 1 diabetes. And back then, as I said, like I wasn't a juvenile. We still called it juvenile. So I was like, well, obviously I'm the flip of the coin that doesn't get type 1 diabetes. And so like, yes, I'm all yours. Study the hell out of me. I, anything I can ever do. So I went in monthly for a glucose tolerance test, like a four hour one where they're constantly checking me. Yeah. And it was either six or eight months in a row of doing that, that my blood sugar went over 200, which was at that time a diagnosis of type 1 diabetes. Wow. So, yeah. So at first, oh, I was in the most deep denial. I just, I couldn't believe it. It was like, it's so weird. It was like embarrassing. Like, no, 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 no. This is this thing my kid has, you know, not me. Emb um, embarrassing because it seemed like a child's disease? No, I, it's really a weird thing that I have a hard time explaining. But like, we really rallied around my daughter and... We got super involved in JDRF. We got super involved in um, advocating for education about type one. And, mm -hmm. and it was like her thing. And then it was like, oh, and by the way, I have it too. And it was also such a shock. Like I had never, I honestly had never heard of type one diabetes. There was a vague understanding that there was some kind of diabetes for old people, something to do with oatmeal. <laughs> so I we really had no idea about it. So there was such a big learning curve for us. And we were kind of like, do it people. So it just felt like it was her thing. We had a big walk team that was like, you know, yeah. 100 people. And it was, she went to Washington DC with JDRF. She met President Obama in 2009. It was like one of those things. And I was completely silent about my, this whole path toward the whole trial net thing. I just never told anyone, obviously, except my immediate family mm -hmm. for reasons I couldn't really say, but I, I think also I truly, I was in denial. actual denial. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. I've lived my whole life. Like I do not have this thing. And then people would say, ultimately when it all came out, like, oh, so you had this your whole life. It's so sad. And I'm like, that isn't how it works. I, I did, you know, I'd be dead if I had this when I was five, right? You know? Well, it's well, just yeah. there's a lot of factors. I, I think I understand. You had you you knew about the oatmeal diabetes, but you didn't know about yeah. this one. I love it. No. I don't even know what you mean when you said the oatmeal diabetes, but it's fantastic. <laughs> um, but moreover, that you guys threw yourself into this supporting your daughter through these causes, and then suddenly it's you too, and you're not wanting to encroach on this thing that you've done for her. Now let's talk about the Dexcom G7. The Dexcom G7 is a small and wearable continuous glucose monitoring system. It sends real-time glucose readings to your Dexcom G7 app or the Dexcom receiver. Use my link, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to learn more and get started today. You will be able to effortlessly see your glucose levels and where they're headed. This way you'll be able to make better decisions about food, insulin, and activity. 
once you're able to see the impact that those variables have on blood sugar, you'll begin to make more purposeful decisions and have better outcomes. My daughter has been wearing a Dexcom. My daughter has been wearing a Dexcom product for so many years, I don't even remember when she started. But today she wears the Dexcom G7 and it is small and easy and oh my goodness, are you going to love it? Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You can head there now and click on the button that will get you your free benefits check or just hit that other button that says get started. When you use my links, you're supporting the production of the podcast. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Don't forget to check out Touched by Type 1 at touchedbytype1.org and also find them on Facebook and Instagram. I'll be speaking at their next big event in September. Head over to the website right now to get more details. I hope to see you there. Is that I think that's it. Yeah, but it's, yes. but it's hard to put into words, though. It's interesting. Yes. Okay. Well, that, that's fair. So, okay. So when... Oh, by the way, I uh, I don't think we're currently in a relationship, uh, meaning I'm not getting money for this, but still the link works. Trialnet.org forward slash juice box. If you want to use Trialnet, it's free and, you know, they'll test your family and all that stuff. So very good way to find out if you have markers for type one. Uh, getting past that, you start with, so you've seen your daughter on a pump when you get an insulin pump, when you get diabetes but you're also sounds like you're trying to avoid being honest that you have diabetes. So how do you manage coming out of the gate? So at first, I think I was on one unit of Lantus over a 24 hour period. So, right. So basically we just slow walked my pancreas into extinction Mm -hmm. and it was, it was a slow process. I don't think I felt like, okay, if I, eat one grape, I need to give a shot. So I was on shots for a long time. I think it probably took almost two years. Okay. So so trial that helped you find yeah. it in a way that allowed for a little bit of support from a basal insulin to help you out for the, um, the death rattle years of your pancreas. Absolutely yeah. right. And also in the past 14 years, I have met so many adults who were diagnosed in adulthood and who were mistakenly diagnosed with type sure. two and really ended up in crisis. So for that reason, I'm very grateful for trial net because like I said, I just kind of walked through it quite oh, easily. Sure. If, if your daughter doesn't have diabetes, you could get misdiagnosis type two. They could put you on metformin. That could go on for years oh, before right. you find out what's really happening. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. So Eventually, you go to a pump? So so I went to a JDRF meeting in the city. And on my way back, I listened to Diabetes Concierge. Shout out to Katie DeSimone. And I honestly think I pulled over and I was like, hold on. I think I could do this. And 100% of my thinking was for my daughter's behalf. Like I was still on MDI and I was doing absolutely fine. So... I embarked upon the building of loop, which I cannot begin to express how far from my wheelhouse computer science is. Like I'm a writer, I'm a creative director. Like that is not my forte. But Katie did that advent calendar. It was literally like day one, update your Mac. Okay, close the Mac and go have a cup of tea. It was so brilliant. 
and accessible. And she was a mom of type one. And I thought, okay, come on, I can do this. Very slowly over the course of the summer, I built it. And I had somebody's computery child, like 13-year-old, come over to help me at the very last step. And when I did, I realized, hold on, I've got this code in my laptop. I had a lot of pods. And I realized I can just put myself. You can do it. <laughs> Literally, you just, it's, I mean, you remember, it's like the play button, like play. And it arrived on my phone. And I thought, if I don't do this myself, I'm never going to be able to help her with this. Okay. And she has zero interest. She, If I just said to you that I am not computer math techie, she's the only person born in, you know, 19 years old who is worse than my mother on technology because she is truly an artist. Like she is in art school and she's absolutely one of those special people who can create a world of art and beauty. But then she's like, Oh, I forgot to go to sleep for a couple of days. So yeah. So she had no interest in managing a loop system. Mm-hmm. I mean, and honestly, neither did I, but I was so motivated to help her that I was like, okay, I think I'm on the Omnipod now. So I, sort of backfit that into my lovely understanding endocrinologist. We looped for a couple and a half years together. So first thing is, I do think it's possible that this younger generation um, still has people who don't understand technology because everything's so automated at this point. Nobody even knows how anything works. I I would not feel comfortable betting $5 that either of my children could explain Wi-Fi to you. I'm not, I, I'm like, right. I'm not even kidding. So that doesn't surprise me about your daughter at all. That, that, that seems about right to me. I mean, it does also <laughs> worry me a little bit, not in a big way and not in a way that I would want people to freak out about. But as we automate insulin pumping, I'm very focused yeah. on making sure that people don't forget why it works. You know what I mean? And how it yeah. works and how insulin works. I very much want, I'm not, I'm not obviously not saying you should use needle. You have to use a needle for a year to really figure it out. But you sh, you know, I don't want to get to the point where people are just like slapping on algorithms and like, oh, it works. And, and they don't know why, because then when something does get funky, they're not going to know how to get themselves out of it. But anyway, automation, automation's yeah. great gives, you know, it gives a lot. And I just worry about it taking away people's understanding. Anyway, that's, that's not the point. So yeah. you guys loop for. Well, well, also that you, you just kind of said diabetes concierge earlier, like everybody would know, but that's episode 227 of the podcast in mid 19, uh, 2019. It's three and a half years ago. That episode went up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would have followed up that episode and I don't know if I listened to it right. Sure, it sure. Released, but but yeah, that was it. That was the turning Good point. For you. Yeah. So Katie, who I don't know what she does now anymore with, uh, DIY looping, but I, at the time she was so j- just at the core of how people were teaching each other. Like she, she did these writings online, and uh, like you said, like the advent yep. calendar, like walk through day by day to get it set up. Because you're programming something, you're using Xcode to build an to build an app, and then become an app developer, and then load it to your own phone. And there's a lot that goes on there. There's a lot of code. And there's a lot of when you're looking at it going, I don't know what any of this means. So they they just step you through it in a way that you kind of can't mess it up. It's it's pretty uh, absolutely right. People that that help people like that. Okay, so what did you find for your daughter first? I would think because she had <laughs> diabetes longer. But how do you describe the getting on loop and what it did for her life? Right. So 
there were great benefits and I did feel very alone. Like at first we actually didn't even come clean with our endocrinologist, which it's crazy, but, and it feels like 20 years ago, but you know, whatever, three years ago, nobody was saying that this was okay to do, especially because loop really is not FDA approved. So I ultimately, the endo came around, but couldn't really offer us help. So I felt like I was my daughter's endocrinologist and nothing about that is, it's not something that I mind. I just wasn't very good at it. So she did, she would still have, like, I think if one can get one settings right on loop, it's heaven. But I just never see, you know, I cannot look at a chart that I just, that doesn't mean anything to me. I've heard you say like, give me an algebra problem and I just have to lay my head down on the debt like it's over. That is how I am about a chart. So, you know, helpful people could try and contribute like, well, we should be doing this. As you can see, the basil should be here. And I just, my mind doesn't work that way. My daughter's mind doesn't work work that way. And I never felt like I really like, we've got this, you know, she'd have a period of time where things were fine. But also, you know, this coincided with like junior and senior year in high school, her life was never, then it was pandemic. Like there was no real consistency. I just felt very alone. And I really struggled with the part where like, ma, you know, the whole, um, the outside device. So the Riley link or the orange link, which allows the pump to communicate with the phone. We had a lot of connectivity problems and, you know, she'd be banging that Riley link up against the pod on her body. And, it, you know, maybe the bullets didn't go through, maybe it did, but she's still running out the door, that kind of stuff. But worst of all would be like, okay, I got a pump fail. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And the troubleshooting. So, you know, and then the rebuild, or we got a new phone, or we got an Apple Watch. That whole rebuild process honestly took years off my <laughs> life. As you mentioned, <laughs> there are so many helpful people out there. But I just did not feel good about being fully dependent on like, I hope one of these two people who have helped me in the past might be might happen to be online right now in the middle of their own lives, you know, dealing with their own diabetes or kids or husbands. And I just did not like the vulnerability of thinking, you know, this is going to go down for her. She's there's a zero percent chance she's going to go on the Facebook group and search within it for the keyword and then. Find not 75 comments about how annoying this is, but the one that gives you the answer. And the words around computer science, I just don't even have access to those words. So it would be like, pick up the code and do the, you know, like you said, X code or run the script. What? What? I just, no, I don't know what any of that means. So I I take your point. I I really do. (laughs) I've spent a lot of time trying to explain it to myself and trying to explain it to Arden. And I agree with you for the most part. It's just, it's a, if you don't know about it, it's a foreign thing. And I just want to kind of clean up the conversation for a second. So loop for people who don't know or listening to this one first is a completely do it yourself algorithm, which means that people around the world online built a, a program code that takes your Dexcom data and then looks at it, makes decisions about what it thinks your blood sugar is going to do, and then tells your pump to give your insulin, take insulin away, make your basal stronger, make it weaker, like all this stuff. It automates it. It's it's a it's a completely DIY version of automated pumping. Like now, Tandem has Control IQ, Omnipod has Omnipod Five, Medtronic has theirs, but then there's this other one, 
And I mean, you're hearing Anastasia talk about it. It's you're completely on your own. It's never been, you know, the FDA hasn't looked at it. No, you know, it's just been verified by users. I'd say Arden's been, well, I mean, Arden's been using Loop since probably a, a little while after I did that recording in 2019. She took a break for a while, used Omnipod 5, worked great. And she wanted to go back to Loop because she didn't like, she wanted to have everything just on her phone, which with Omnipod 5 and the phone she had wouldn't work. And she's like, I just don't, I don't want to be carrying two devices. So she went back to looping. So that's, that's what it is. And it's, you're on your own, but there are these people online that have done amazing things. Like for instance, now to get the code, like you don't actually have to write the code. You don't have to type it in. It's somewhere online. You used to have to find it, download it, then put it into the app. And now it's just a link. You just click the link and it populates an X code. And the next thing you know, you're on your way. But to your point, I text somebody every time before I do that. And I'm just like, it's this link, right? right? Because of the uncertainty. Like, I don't want to do the wrong thing. And would you say it's gotten better over the years? Meaning you don't have to rebuild it as much anymore? Things like that? Absolutely. I, I mean, when we started back in the day in 2019, it was literally like X space, right? Semicolon. Two more spaces. Like we were writing that code. And but now you're right. There is a link and it can be clicked on. And still the kind of that sort of troubleshooting side of it. Maybe that's even a little bit better. We're a little out of practice mm. now. But that's still I found, you know, very daunting. And there are a couple of little glitches that kept coming up for her, like some time zone thing that nobody can really explain, but you have to rebuild. And it's not a big deal. But that word rebuild, that meant she needed to have my laptop, yeah. right? Because she didn't have a laptop. I suppose I could have, but see, that's the kind of skill I do not have, mm-hmm. you know, to have like put Xcode on her own laptop and said, plug in and click this link. That I just, mm. yeah, I didn't really ever get I, uh, that far. No, I know. I sent Arden to school. Like, so Arden had a laptop that she had all through high school and it's on its last legs. And she said, can I get another laptop for college? So we got her one, but we took the old one and I said, okay. There's nothing on this but Xcode. Just stick it under your bed. Put it under your dorm room bed. Because if uh, something goes funky, I'm going to have you pull that out, plug it in, and I'm going to try to like walk you through it over FaceTime. Y- you know, and, and she was okay. only there for you know the first semester, and there was no problem. So I should not knock on right. wood. We didn't uh, have to do okay, that. Okay, good. Because it's not it, it's never going to happen at you know two o'clock in the afternoon when you don't have anything to do. It's gonna it's gonna happen at midnight or something crazy like that. And I remember every single time, every single time, it's the middle yeah. of the night. And I re- I remember and the time I'm zone, thousands. the time zone thing, <laughs> where after yes. daylight savings, I forget what it was. If you change something, it would. Like yes. start cr- it's like if you changed a basal rate, the whole thing went crashing for no like reason. <laughs> and then yes. eventually, and then you had to rebuild it to get out of it. But then eventually, there was like a some like weird shortcut that you could fix it without rebuilding it. And and I, I know if you're listening to this and thinking I don't ever want to be involved in this, I would completely understand. But it's a, uh, I mean, there's probably I don't know if there's an official count, but. I bet you that code's been downloaded 20,000 times, something like that, from what I hear people say. I don't know that that means everybody's right. using it. And that's certainly a small percentage of people who have type 1 diabetes. But it's still, I think it's one of the nicest things I've ever seen humanity do for its for each other. It's really wonderful. I completely yeah. agree. I agree. And 
I was in some ways coming from a place of like, these people have done enough. I don't want to be the person, you know, Facebook messaging someone at two in the morning because I'm desperate, Mm. you know, but there is such a group of kind, smart people who just keep that afloat and keep improving it. And yes, I really appreciate it. That's amazing. But, but here's the, the rest of it, right? Forget loop for a second. Algorithms in general, you, you started to allude to it earlier. You talked about it for a minute, but understanding how to use it in settings, it's not, it's, they're very important. You can't just put the thing on and yell go and it's just going to work. You really do need right. to know how to use it. You still need to know how to bolus for your food. You need to understand the impacts of different foods. It's not where it really shines is trying to stop a low and being aggressive about a spike. I mean, I think you don't realize how much of manual management of type 1 diabetes, like when people are like, it goes wrong, or I spiked, or I got low, you don't realize how much of that is happens in the times when you're not looking, in the transition times. Like, I ate at 10 o'clock, but I got low at 1. But you weren't paying attention from 11 to 1. And that's how, how do I want to put this? My little brother used to get in trouble all the time. And we used to say that that Rob had two states of being. He was either in trouble or about to be in trouble. (laughs) And and you didn't know when he was about to be in trouble. You knew when he was in trouble. And I think diabetes is like that, too, as far as like spikes and, and falls go. It's either happening or it's about to happen and you're unaware of it. And when it's about to happen and you're unaware of it on a manual pump, then it happens. You get low, you spike high. When it's trying, when it's about to happen on an on an algorithm, the algorithm takes steps when you're not looking to stop that thing from happening, and it's amazing. That's right. You know, it, that's what, and it also you know, when you think about like stability, that's also how it creates stability by getting ahead of lows, getting ahead of highs, and taking the wobble, the up and down out of that line. It's really amazing. So, did you start with? You must have if you started that long ago. It was just basil, right? Like it, the algorithm was using basil to try to stop spikes back then. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and wasn't perfect, right? No. No, right, right. it was not perfect. But it was better. Oh, yeah. It was just, as you say, it just sort of, it was like little guardrails on that graph that I don't yeah. understand. It's like bumper bowling. <laughs> it really is. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. I couldn't think of what to call that. The thing that stops you from getting a yeah, gutter ball. I exactly ball. thought yeah. that's what you were thinking. Yeah, so... Even though it's working and you see the like it's going from right to left to right to left, at least you're not falling into the gutter. But when they came out with, I forget what the first auto bolus branch was that I saw. And branch is another word. Like, you know, you heard Anastasia say earlier, like there's words and I don't know what they mean. So I guess coders know that there's like the, I think I'm getting this right. There's the first piece of software that's written. I guess that's sort of like the, think of that as the trunk. And then some people come in and go, oh, this is a really cool piece of software, but I would rather it bolus when I get high instead of increasing my basal. And then they write a branch of code off of that that includes that. So there was an auto bolus branch. I think the first one I saw was from somebody named Pete. I think now Arden uses Ivan's. I'm not even sure. (laughs) (laughs) I've been worried about Ivan, although I obviously, like you, I don't know any of these people and where they come from. Yeah, the one that we ended up on was a auto bolus branch called Free APS. It was like a little. Eventually, we got to that one. That's where she is now. Yep. Okay, I still have it on the front page of my phone, and I and I just 
it, there it is. But I'm on the five. And now. then, okay, so then here's the the big question. We understand what Loop is, what it does, what it's done for. I mean, a little bit of context. What was her able to see on Loop and yours? Let me just think about that. Hers has fluctuated a bit, and I'm terrible at keeping records. She might have been in the high sixes. Okay, that's great. There. Yeah. And right. So she, yeah. So that was an improvement, um, but she still was having lows and that really scared her and mm-hmm. me. And we didn't love that. Not a ton, you know, but, but enough that it was not great for her in that sense. And again, I'm fully aware it's, it's down to me and my settings, but I just didn't feel I had the skills or the support to perfect those settings. Sure. And mine, I'm actually pretty, no matter on MDI, I was like high fives, Loop, I was about the same, and I, I think I'm about the same on the five. So mm. I'm just, I'm on it. You know, it's easier for me. I'm an adult. I'm not hormonal. I'm not in college or elementary school or, you know, I'm I'm a little bit steadier. So I'm, I probably haven't seen a massive improvement. No, I did have an improvement. I take that back. I did have an improvement from MDI to Loop. Definitely, but I, I couldn't remember exactly what the A1Cs were. You but. just you just said I'm not hormonal. And I was like, but you were 39, and then I added the 14 <laughs> to it. And I went, oh no, <laughs> never mind. I got to. Uh, yeah, I, I see. It's like, oh wait, she's not 39. She's more like 53. Yeah, it's a big difference, by the way. Getting rid of the hormones, and if you're not eating a bunch of fatty food or processed food, it also makes things smooth. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, so all right, so everybody's having success with Loop. It's doing well. What makes you? I mean, listen, I don't know that I need to answer ask this question because I think we've answered it while you're talking. I was going to say what made you switch to Omnipod Five, but I think you're going to say that it's easy. The desperation of mom, my Loop failed. Can you fix it? You know. Um, so yes, that, and of course, I'd been stalking all kind of automated insulin delivery systems. And I was looking forward to Omnipod 5 coming out. And so, yeah, especially also it was coinciding with her going to college and all that that entails. So I thought, this is great timing. Let's try it. And I really just put myself on it for the same reason I put myself on loop. I need to know it and understand it to be as effective as I can to support my daughter. Anastasia, you're just a good mom. This is, it's called a humble brag when you say that. You're like, I'm just kidding. I would have done the same thing. I think that's a great idea. Like, learn it for yourself so you can teach it to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, so you went first? You know, she actually went first because I pushed for her to get it. And then I realized like, oh crap, I should probably do this too. And I wasn't, I didn't love having to rebuild for myself any more than I did for her. So um, somehow she got hers maybe a month before me that we could do another episode on the almighty insurance issue that continues. Thankfully we're in a good place at this right. moment, but anyway, yeah. So she had maybe a month on me. She probably started in late June and I caught up with her about a month later. Okay. So what was, I mean, and that's what we're going to talk about the rest of the way is the transition. So what was it like? It was it different for both of you? Was it similar? Did you have the ability to listen to the episodes I did about it, about starting Omnipod 5 before you started? Were you starting more blind? How did it go? Right. I started before the episodes. So of course I listened to them, but I had kind of already been going. I did the training. I read that big manual. I felt, you know, we were so familiar with the Omnipod Mm -hmm. that it didn't feel 
you know, it wasn't a massive transition. You know, a lot of information has come out since about starting more aggressively. I didn't really know how to do that at the right. time. You know, there was, it was on the early side. It was actually, it was yeah. early. So I didn't, I, there really wasn't anyone to guide us on that setup, including our endocrinologist, to be sure. honest. So I would say that when she started, we had that, which we see in all the forums, like, great. So she's at 140 all day, which was not really what we were looking for. Understanding that you give up a little bit of precision control for safety. Mm-hmm. I was considering, like, do we do a hard restart and be more aggressive about her input of basils? And then the universe decided for us because her uh, PDM failed. So she had to get sent a new one. And we did start a little more aggressively and, and it's better. It's better. It's exactly as it's our bumper bowling, you know, it's kind of tightened it up, but what is different for her because she had had some bad lows that were like, you know, made her very, very skittish about getting low is it has, it has really helped with the lows. And I didn't have a lot of lows before, but I, it absolutely, like, I almost forget that what getting low is like. It's not that it never happens. As a matter of fact, I was thinking last night going to sleep, like, oh, I wonder what we'll talk about. And I'm going to tell him, like, I have not been low. I can't think the last time I was low. And then, yep, I was low. And then <laughs> last night, but I mean, you know, not, not terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, it's going great. I, I will concede that perhaps it's not as tight, but she hasn't had a blood draw A1C yet, or she did, but her appointment isn't until I think this week to come. So I don't have an official A1C mm-hmm. for her, but I'm going to guess it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, do you have it on like clarity? Do you know about where you think it'll be? Oh, you know, I haven't looked at her clarity. It's going to be, it's going to be in the sixes. Mm. Great. Let's put it that Let, way. Listen, yeah. In the sixes, not fighting with lows, right. not, not, not being an app developer. Right. It's pretty good. You know what I mean? Um, you know, that, it, it's that's really very what I was good. going for. Yeah. Like go and live your big life in college. And also I did not have type one diabetes when I was in college. I can't even imagine. Like if I just think back to any moment in time when I was in college, like, was I going to be considering what my blood sugar was and should I have those cheese fries or whatever? Like, it's, I, I'm aware that it really is a, a burden that any way to lift that burden a little bit is worth it. Yes, I wish she had a 4.8 A1C. I really do. But here we are. Well, I mean, <laughs> how, what, what year in college is she even? She's um, this is her second year. It's her second year. In the um, never ending ride home that Arden and I took together the other <laughs> night. I probably found five different ways to tell her how proud I was of how she handled her diabetes at school, you know, and it was, it was quite an adjustment. And then maybe just a week before she was back, there was a problem. Uh, She had to change transmitters on the G6 and it just wouldn't pair right away. And it happened super late at night. Like to the point where, you know, where it's like three or four in the morning and I'm finally like, I got it, Arden, like, you know, go to sleep. And she's like, can I go to sleep? I have a final at 11. And and I was like, no, 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 like, that's fine. Like, go ahead. And, you know, and even as she's going to sleep, we're still in the warm up window. So I don't know what's happening. And, and of course, in the four hours that we struggled with it, 
her blood sugar shot way up. So now we have like a high blood sugar with a lot of insulin, with no CGM, with her exhausted, with me not being able to see her blood sugar. And yep. so I sat up for two hours till like, I don't know, 530 in the morning. I don't even know why I sat up. I couldn't see anything. I just. You, yep. But you just were ready in case somehow. I don't did. even know. She, yeah. could, she could have been dead already. And I was just sitting there like I can't go to sleep. And then yeah. it all came back on and. You know, I could see what was going on again. I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's fine. Then she slept and went off the class, and I think she got an A, so she did grow great. Ugh. But that's not really yep. the point. The point is seeing how tired she was. There was desperation on her face. She started, like, we were FaceTiming. Yes. She started looking younger. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, yes. You know, you know what I'm yes. talking about? Like, like, she's over there doing this great job for 10 weeks, and in the last three days, this thing happens, and all of a sudden, she looks at you like, Daddy, come help me. You know, and it's mm-hmm. it's not a great feeling, but there she is, and she did it, you know? Yep, yep. So anything that makes that better, easier. Right, right. I, I'm on, I, I have to tell you that her backup system at college is the Omnipod 5. Like, it's great. It's there, and it's ready to go, because I told her, I was like, if there's any problem with this, I said, we're not going to mess around. Like, we'll bail, and you'll go right back on the 5. Mm-hmm. You'll just have to carry the extra, you know, the the controller for a while. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, oh, that story. I mean, it just, I get all the feels, it, you know, everyone listening to this is connected oops, to type one in one way or another. And the stuff that we all go through, we really are warriors because, you know, nobody outside of our little tribe of type one people could ever understand that that thing you just revealed yeah. that we have all been through one version of it or another, like on a, I don't want to say on a regular basis, but kind of like, that's always at the end of the possibility when you open your eyes in the morning, like what's going to happen today. It's also not it's lost lot. on you while it's happening that I don't know the last time we had trouble swapping a transmitter. I mean, <laughs> right. years and years and years. It just happens every 90 days on the G6. Here we go. Pop this one off, put that one on. It just, it works and works and works. She does it one time in a different place. I watched her do it. She didn't do anything wrong. I don't right. know why it just didn't connect right away. And, huh. you know, then yeah. I went on Because it's technology and things are going to glitch. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if you're listening, I went through all of my knowledge and I thought, I don't know what we did wrong. I don't think we did anything wrong. I don't know what to do. I went to my own Facebook group and I was like, hey, guys, here's what just <laughs> happened. Like, throw out all your ideas so I can just read through them and hopefully scan it and find the thing that I didn't do. And it turns out, I I don't know why. It just worked the next time. So, whatever. Just, just whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Getting on with the day. Yeah, yeah. moving along. So, how, how are you liking Omnipod 5? Like, so, it works for her and her situation. How does it work for you and your situation? Yeah, I like it. It is... You do have to have the controller, which is an adjustment, and it's a little bit clunky, just saying. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing is you don't actually have to carry it around with you everywhere you go. Like, yeah. it's the pod and the Dexcom directly are talking to each other. So you can go out and do something and you don't, unless you're going to want to bowl with. Yeah, I'm, I think it's probably keeping me, again, pretty much the same as Loop. I was a little tighter And I'm currently, again, going through all the Facebook groups. I'm currently trying to really be on it like once an hour, Mm -hmm. see what my trend is and just correct and have the algorithm learn. So I'm in the middle of doing that. But yeah, I'm happy with it. Good. Well, I mean, 
not that you're about to go away to the home, Anastasia, or anything like that, but <laughs> but but 53 will turn into 63, and I think that this is the way. To, like I said, I want Arden to get to Omnipod 5 at some point. Like, I want her to be on it. I want it to work, and I want it to be easy for her because she's going to live through her 20s and 30s and 40s and, you know, with this thing. And and I also right. think about people who are older in their 60s and 70s. Like, maybe they could get this great control save them from lows, really extend their health and their life without having to understand a thing. So that's the other side of the automation. Like there's plenty of times in life when it's easy to say, well, it's doing something and I don't understand. And because of that, I might be missing out on something, but you got to put yourself in that other situation when you're either too young to understand or too old to understand that the rest of that doesn't matter because it's not like you're going to figure it out. So, right. yeah, so let's just put the bumpers up and keep the ball out of the gutter. Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. Good. That's that's where I'm at with all this. I don't think we, uh, I'm sure people quietly worry about when their kids get older or when they get older. But I've spoken to enough people now in their 50s and 60s and, you know, that have diabetes. And from the meter screen being hard to read to, I don't know how to draw, like what happens when I... I get confused and give myself 10 units instead of one unit or something like that. Right. You know, you know, my Not mom, a lot of room for error. Right? Yeah. yeah. You don't think about stuff like that. But the other day, my mom moved into her new place. She's 80. And my mm -hmm. brother went over to check on her. And he says he gets- The troubled brother? No. The getting in trouble brother? The other one. Also, the troubled brother's <laughs> a nice, responsible person now, by the way. But when he was a kid, Aww. when he was a kid, he would have you know, he would have given anyone a run for their money. But in fairness to him, we did throw him outside naked once. So I don't know what we did. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but point, point is, so my, my brother gets to my mom's house. She's got this, like, lounge chair. My mom's not in her room. She's out eating, you know, down at the cafeteria having food. But the mm. lounge chair is completely reclined still. Oh. So my brother says, Mom, why is the chair like this? And she goes, I don't know. And he says, well, how'd you get out of it? She goes, I don't know. So oh. if at a moment you're going to be 80 one day and somehow, and trust me, she's not fleet of foot, somehow get out of a Barco lounger without folding it up and then not remember how it happened, I don't think right. you're going to be building your loop <laughs> You're, you're exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Did you pre-bolus and look through your graphs for the yeah spike? Right. No, I right. don't think your mom did that. She rolled out of the yeah. barco. Yeah, my mom. In that, <laughs> exactly. In that scenario, if she had type one diabetes, there'd be a person who would come, put a new pump on for, her, set it up, put in the carbs, and keep. And if this and if Omnipod five or control it, whatever, it doesn't matter. If any of these algorithms can can fairly effortlessly keep you in the middle, I mean, it's a big deal. I, I, I'm telling you, we are at the precipice of something amazing. People living through it right now don't even understand it. It's um, right. it's a savior for people with type 1 and for anybody using insulin. Right. Well, I think of the progress that has come from me putting on a headlamp and going into my daughter's room when she was five and pricking her finger every two hours. Like, mm -hmm. that was in our experience. And now... It's just got so much better. I I have to believe it'll continue to get better and better. It's leaping forward. I now I'm a, yeah. I'm imagining you with a miner's hat on, but it was just <laughs> it was just a little flashlight was, with a like a like a like a I don't know a stretchy cord that went around your head. Yeah, it was my son's from camp. Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't want to wake her up. <laughs> a good idea. I yeah. I I'm I'm an idiot. I, I take my phone, I turn the flashlight on, 
And then I flip the phone upside down and put it next to her. So it sort of like illuminates the space. Ah, that's my, okay. that's my move. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. I like the headlamp better on this thing. Have you ever dropped your phone <laughs> on them while they're sleeping? Oh, I've done it all. Yeah. I've done it all. I once tried to change her pod while she was still asleep and she like woke up. Yeah. We've all done crazy things. I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I bounced that old PDM off of her head one time. The big, <laughs> I've shot her in the face with like with juice boxes so many times. Like, you know how the, oh, yeah. the pressure changes in them and it squirts. And it I squirts know it well. Off. I know it well. And then, and then if they don't wake up, you're like trying to mop it off their face. But if they do wake up, they're like, what the hell is happening? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I like spilled juice on you and mopping it off. And yeah, but. I've dropped my phone on her, like, cl- you know, and they're heavy, like, clunks in her stomach. Yes. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Or, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, all of it. <laughs> I've never, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you, I'm very proud of this. I have never gotten blood on a bed sheet. I'm so oh, careful about that. That's extra. You've never had a squirter? Nothing. I have never gotten blood on a bed sheet. Oh, wow. I would like somebody to bring that up at my funeral, by the way, as, as, yeah, as, that's, as a major accomplishment in my life. <laughs> Because, you know, you hit, sometimes you hit it and you test and then it just keeps bleeding. And, you know, you're like, yes, I do. You know, you're like trying to rub it like you, I don't know you, uh, what to say. Like there's something about like friction. You, you rub it a little bit and it stops. Yeah. And yeah, I've never done that. I've always been very proud of that. So <laughs> no blood on the sheets. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to put it put it in my resume along with uh, I just got this great note the other day from a lady. She put up a picture of her baby to say how. Without the podcast, like she wouldn't have been able to have this baby, and I, it was very sweet. So of course, I responded. It would have killed you to name her Scott. It's a girl, and everything. I still pressured her about naming the baby after me, <laughs> and people are laughing and everything. And then this other person comes in to say that because of the podcast, they are ne- getting ready to try to have a baby. And I said, I responded. I'm not very good. Like you understand, it's I'm not very good at being like, oh, thank you. Like you know, I'm just. So I said to that person, uh, I'm going to put on my resume, quote, responsible for people having more sex. I said, I think that'll, that, that, that's a nice legacy to leave behind. Uh, yeah. That goes right next to your no blood on the sheets. No blood on the sheets. And oh, ew. Oh, ew. No, I don't like you that. Don't like the, you don't like the, <laughs> I don't like those two together. You don't like the commingling of these ideas? <laughs> I do not. All like I that. know is one of you, <laughs> I almost cursed, one of you have got to name a kid Scott before I'm done with this podcast. And make it the handsome one. Don't pick the, you know, when he comes out and you're like, uh-oh. Not that one. Like, I want the real handsome one. <laughs> tall. The one that's going to be tall. Actually, I don't want anybody to name a baby after me. It happened to Arden. So somebody, oh. somebody who listens named a baby Arden. Oh, it, but Arden is a nice name. Yeah. Let's not put the pressure on your daughter that it was after her. Well, no, the woman contacted us to say that she named the baby after her. We named it baby. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. All right. And, well. and Arden did not handle it well, by the way. She's like, tell your people which is always the funny thing. She's like, not to do that again. And I showed her the baby. She says, the baby's cute. I was like, okay. She's like, but come on. I was like, all right. Nobody will know. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, have we not talked about anything that you wanted to talk about? I want to make sure we don't miss anything. I just knew it would go free flow exactly where it should. It's excellent. You're very easy to talk to. I appreciate that very much. Oh, you too. Although, of course, you already felt familiar to me. So kudos for your style and skill. Oh. No, it was great. I really enjoyed it too. Thank you. I see what you're saying. Really, I'm the one to be congratulated here. You are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't know you and I did fantastic. You did? <laughs> and, Excellent. And I'm still fighting the end of my COVID cold. Oh, I didn't know you had that. Oh. I didn't hear that at all. Oh, my God. 
you have no, it was just this whole time, this COVID thing, when did it start? 2019, whenever it was. Yeah. And yeah. never got sick. And listen, my job's indoors. My wife was able to work at home. My kid came home from college. Like, you know, we were careful, stuff like that. And you get the vaccination going on years, like no COVID, like to the point where I actually said to somebody, I pro- this is probably what got me COVID. But like a month ago, I said, I wonder if I'm that blood type they say that like doesn't get it. Like maybe that's it. I never looked into it even. I couldn't have cared less. Well, um, you know, oh, Kelly goes to away for work, comes home sick. We sequestered her, but they gave her that freaking, there's a drug they give you that makes it go away super fast. But some people get a rebound illness that's worse than the first one. So my wife gets the rebound illness after we released her back in the house because nobody told us that could happen. She infects Oops. everybody, me and Cole. We're super, we're super sick for like weeks. And then the COVID's gone. You're like, oh, I'm okay. And then I got sick again. I was like, what is this? And then I tried to fight that for a week. And then, because, you know, in your mind, I'm not 51 in my, like in my mind, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I don't get sick. I get through things easy. It'll be okay. But we got right. some sort of rebound bronchitis from the COVID. Oh, <sighs> So oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I know there are worse things oh, in the world, gosh. but oh, it went on for five yeah. weeks, and then we oh my god, we finally. Well, you sound like you're perfect now. I think you've kicked it. No. Right, you're out of your mind. I'm blowing my nose still. I'm on a. I'm, oh. I'm still on a. Uh, the steroids, the prednisone. Oh God! So I don't know if I'm really. Si- I could still be sick and just jacked up on prednisone and not know it. I have no idea, really. So hmm. anyway, when I'm talking, I'm so cognizant of the fact that I think my voice sounds different right now. Oh, no, it just sounded friendly. Good. Oh, that's excellent. Um, <laughs> what do I want to know? I'm going to make sure I have everything. You guys started the way you started. Your your diagnosis is a really interesting. I didn't ask you about her diagnosis. I mean, yours came because of trial net. But how did you figure out that your daughter had type 1 when she was 5? Oh, it was the classic. We went to see the Hannah Montana movie. My son lost that coin toss. It was just the three of us. My husband was traveling. And in that movie, I think I took her to the ladies' room six times. And, you know, when they're five years old, I thought, well, she's just bored with this movie. She wants a little walk to the snack bar, to the bathroom. But she actually peed all those times. I thought, you know, after pre-K tomorrow, I'm going to take her to the doctor. She must have a UTI. Okay. And that was the one. So straight to the emergency room, five nights in the hospital, and went home with a new word in our vocabulary. Mm. Oh, that's thanks. Your husband have to come home from his trip, too? He did. He did not get the best of both worlds. No, exactly. No, he did not. <laughs> nope. Mm. Came back, and we slept in folding chairs in the hospital. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely perfect. perfect. Isn't that just right? <laughs> All right. So let me let me do this with you. We should have done something like this before. Ease of use, Omnipod or Loop? I'm going to say Loop because I'm on my phone anyway. I do a quick thumb to thumb and I have bolus. Okay. However, ease of fix, troubleshooting Omnipod 5 right. all the way. Set up Omnipod 5, initial setup. Set up. That was very easy, okay. much easier than set up right. for loop. Level of understanding you have to have about diabetes to use one? Is there a difference between them? You need more for loop. You need more for loop. Okay. Yeah. 
handling of tough meals, which is easier to do? Loop. Loop is. Yeah. Omnipod 5, you can't extend a bolus, so you are forced to put in ghost carbs, which can result in lows, which is why I rarely, but got low last night. Oh, it's, that is what you ended up doing. So like with Loop, if Arden has like a, a high fat meal, she might say, well, this part of it is this many carbs, but an hour from now, I'm expecting an impact equal to 25 carbs. And then you can actually, right. you can predate a bolus. Like, you know how you post it? I guess you post it. That's what, when you post it a check, right? You write a, you write an, do people right. use checks anymore? Does anyone understand this freaking reference? <laughs> I do. You do. But we just figured out you're 53. So, all right. So for those of you who didn't grow up broke and didn't grow up in the last 25 years, if you didn't have money in your account, you would write a check to somebody like today's the 21st. And I would say to them, look, I'm not going to have money in my account till the 25th. So here's a check for $100, but it's dated for the 25th. Don't deposit it till the 25th. And they can't, you couldn't, you couldn't deposit a check that was, that had a date in the future on it. It's called, and it was called post dating the check. So you can post date a bolus in loop by telling it, Hey, right now I'm pre bolusing for 50 carbs, but an hour from now or, you know, 45 minutes from now, I'm expecting a, a fat impact equal to 20 carbs. I'll post date a bolus. It puts it in the system. And then when the system sees the need, when it starts to see a rise, it goes, oh, this is when they said the 20 carbs was going to come. And then the it makes the insulin available to the algorithm to use in a more aggressive way. Did I do a good job explaining that? That was excellent. And it reminds me that we use that all the time. Like we tend to eat higher fat, lower carb, not in a super strict mm-hmm. fashion, but that I would, I would be like, it just reminded me that I'd say, I think that's about 25 pizza. You know what I mean? Like meaning the icon of the nose. Mm -hmm. So we did use that, that you described beautifully, a lot. So not being able to use that is a little bit of an impediment to our control. But I also, I think it is learning. Yeah, you have to remember. And I don't know if Omnipod officially says that we are supposed to do that so there's like a little oh you're definitely not you're definitely not supposed to do that but uh, or they're not going to direct you to do it but you i stopped you a minute ago You, you think it's learning do you think it's getting better at those fat spikes I am hoping that it will. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I couldn't say that like, yeah, I, you know, I, I have the, I'm also not like incredibly consistent. I'm not going to pull out a notebook and eat the exact same grams of food and then compare from today to the next day. Yeah. I think it's, it's like slightly improving, but like I said, I'm doing this kind of blitz. I'm trying to correct as often as possible and help it learn. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll have to do a follow up. Okay. Well, at I, some point, I'm very comfortable saying about Omnipod 5 that it is easy to live with and easy to use. And it is a learning system and you could see it getting better. I did not. Start, yeah. I didn't start with the right settings for Arden. You know, as crazy as it sounds, we used it before I had those conversations, too. I should probably episode 736, 737, 738, I think, are uh, it's a three part Omnipod 5 like get going thing that I did with Omnipod Mm -hmm. and this, this great, great CDE. And she and I like laid the whole thing out. And she, she was actually great to interview about it because she had been involved in testing for Omnipod for years. So she had worked with countless families on Omnipod five while it was in the testing phase. So she knew so much about it. Right. Had I heard those episodes 
or I guess had I made those episodes prior to Arden starting, I do know where I would have been more aggressive in the initial setup too. Right. And I I was in the same boat. I've listened to them, but it was kind of past when we've already started. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, we'll all, we'll all keep learning and I hope you'll have her back. And, you know, I'm sure they're getting a lot of feedback from their customers now. So I just looked at the first episode of it and I don't usually say numbers here, but it's been listened to like 30,000 times. Wow. So hopefully somebody's getting something out of it. Besides micro, I want you to do okay, or I want Arden to do okay. I want the space to believe in the algorithms so that they spread, so that people, you know, listen, I don't think this is lost on anybody. You're a very well-spoken lady named Anastasia. Your life is, I'm guessing, pretty good. And, um, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And there are people out there that don't have, um, the kind of support you have and they don't have, they don't have an understanding. They don't have an opportunity to get that understanding. They might never know what a podcast is. There are people who struggle with insulin all the time. And to think that you might be able to take an Omnipod five and boom, boom, put it on them. And suddenly with very little understanding of anything, have an A1C in the sixes. That's a magical idea to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. And it's not going to get to those people the ones that maybe we could make the argument really need it the most until the, the core of the community, the establishment, I guess you could call it really sees how to use these things, makes it normalized so that it spreads. Because once you're, once a doctor says, all right, everybody I have on Omnipod five is having a reasonably good experience. I'm going to take the risk of taking this at, you know, this, this person who has not shown a lot of understanding for diabetes yet, or maybe even not a lot of motivation. Like, let me take the risk of putting it on them to see if we can, you know, balance out their health. I know it's a long look for me, but I think it's important for people using insulin now and in the future for these things to be well understood and used, you know? So anyway. I agree. Thank you. I agree. Very much. Well, I appreciate you very much doing this with me and uh, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for all you do. Oh, my pleasure. A huge thanks to Anastasia for coming on the show today and sharing her story. And I also want to thank Dexcom for sponsoring this episode and remind you to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Want to get tickets, free tickets for the big event coming up in Florida to see me at Touched by Type 1? Go to Touched by type1.org. And while you're there, check out all the cool stuff they're doing for people with type 1 diabetes. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group and the public page, both called Juicebox Podcast on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. And if you'd like to hear more about the Bold Beginning series, just hold on for two more minutes. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, the Bold Beginnings series from the Juicebox podcast is a terrific place to begin listening. In this series, Jenny Smith and I will go over the questions most often asked at the beginning of type 1. Jenny is a certified diabetes care and education specialist who is also a registered and licensed dietitian, and Jenny has had type 1 diabetes for 35 years. My name is Scott Benner and I am the father of a child 
who has type 1 diabetes. Our daughter Arden was diagnosed in 2006 at the age of 2. I believe that at the core of diabetes management, understanding how insulin works and how food and other variables impact your system is of the utmost importance. The Bold Beginning series will lead you down the path of understanding. The series is made up of 24 episodes, and it begins at episode 698 in your podcast or audio player. I'll list those episodes at the end of this. To listen, you can go to juiceboxpodcast.com, go up to the menu at the top, and choose Bold Beginnings, or go into any audio app, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and then find the episodes that correspond with the series. Those lists, again, are at Juicebox Podcast up in the menu, or if you're in the private Facebook group, in the Featured tab. The private Facebook group has over 40,000 members. There are conversations happening right now and 24 hours a day that you would be incredibly interested in. So don't wait. So don't wait. Check out the Bold Beginnings series today and get started on your journey. Episode 698 defines the Bold Beginnings series. 702, honeymooning. 706, adult diagnosis. 711 and 712 go over diabetes terminologies. In episode 715, we talk about fear of insulin. In 719, the 1515 rule. Episode 723, long-acting insulin. 727, target range, 731, food choices, 735, pre-bolus, 739, carbs, 743, stacking, 747, flexibility. In episode 751, we discuss school. In episode 755, exercise. 759, guilt, fears, hope, and expectations. In episode 763 of the Bold Beginning series, We talk about community, 772, journaling, 776, technology and medical supplies, episode 780, treating low blood glucose, episode 784, dealing with insurance, 788, talking to your family, and episode 805, illness and ketone management. Check it out. It will change your life.